So, but but once those pads come on, Tevin Jenkins is a son of a bitch. <laughs> Here, here. <laughs> oh, that was good. There is that the Bears' offense is just like Tony's Wi-Fi, which is uh, struggling. Um. <laughs> Dance to my heart content here in my shed. We get to the intro. Welcome back, everybody, to the Irish Bear Show. I'm, I'm I look like I've lost a little bit of light, but I am still here. I'm still here. Two weeks ago, before what could be considered Christmas Eve, and when Irish Bear Show go crazy watching twenty hours of uh, of draft coverage daily, by the sounds of it, uh, I'm joined here by Noel and by Tony. Um, how are you guys both doing? Grand. Absolutely grand. It's you know what you mean about the the song though at the start. I need to try and stop myself, but I, I dad dance now as well. You see, so that's what happens. I used to be quite the mover, uh, and then I, I became a father, and then I, and then I dance like a dad. Like it's weird. I don't so know. It's, anyway. it's a whole lot of dancing moves, Anthony. Is it? Oh god, I, I I don't I don't move my feet. I just move my hands. Well, if it's any consolation, I have a three-year-old who literally is embarrassed at me dancing already. So right. it's dada no, dada no. So yeah, I, I I I can only say I with you on the on the dad dance and stuff. So Noel, how's everything going with you? All good. As you say, Ant, we're we're getting down to two weeks now before the draft. It's Jesus, there's, there's a lot that goes into it, and just you can't wait for that night now just to get here and to. I feel like I've been talking about it so much that. The anticipation now just to see what they actually do is it's beyond Christmas at this stage, to be honest. Yeah, you know what, though? it's not even just the just like want to get the anticipation level there as well. It's also that point where you're kind of it's the opposite side of the excitement. It's the I'm fed up with everybody kind of moaning and, and changing, and you know, oh, and I think this is going to happen, and this is going to happen, and you're wrong, and you're wrong, and all this kind of stuff. And it's just like, you know what, let's just get there. Let it happen, and then we can fight about something else for the next three months. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's it's that kind of time when people are sitting back, going, "God, I wonder if I'm right." And me and Tony, yes. we spoke like this before. It's the desperation for people to be right. Yeah. Um, I want shock shock for everybody out there when it comes to the draft. Other teams are going to get players you like. Other teams in your division are going to get players you like. We're going to get players that we may have not even heard of before in the sense that weren't anywhere near your mock draft. Um, for me, that's part of the excitement. I, I've listened to people talk about, is such and such a first rounder? And we'll get into that very shortly. Is such and such a first rounder? And I keep on pointing back to the fact of, I'd love to do stats on first rounders versus third rounders over the last 20 years who've hit more. Because I'd say it's closer than people think. Anyway, yeah. we're going to move on because this is the subject, this, the topic we're speaking about. We're in kind of defensive week here in the Irish Bear Show. We spoke about the defensive side of the ball yesterday. We're going to do it again today. And it's nice from the intro what we spoke about to speak about. We're going to hopefully speak to, to Bob, who's an Illinois beat reporter very shortly. I know he's on a, on a Q&A, but hopefully we get to speak about to him about one of our protection conversations around Devin Witherspoon um, and really speak about cornerbacks and the importance of where they're going to be and whether whether the Bears actually go there at nine. Tony, explain, first of all, to people who are listening, why 
I said the opportunity is there for a, a cornerback to be taken at nine for the Chicago Bears. Well, first and foremost, it's a, it's a premier position uh, on a team. We always talk about having to have like big wide receivers and you know all these offensive weapons and things like that. But just while you're adding these offensive weapons, uh, other teams are as well. And you know, news alert, guys, we need to stop people from scoring as well as us scoring. So you need to be investing big time in that corner position. And again, it's a position of need. I mean, we were looking at you know Jalen Johnson's there, fine. Um, you know, he's 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 been he's been fine uh, since since he came in. Um, Kyler Gordon's new, but you know he's probably just going to be in the in the slot for most of the time. And then there's questions on the other side at the moment. So if you've got a chance to draft a a, a bona fide top ten prospect who plays corner, who's probably going to be the the top corner in the class, then you you do it. I mean, because at the end of the day, that prospect there is a better prospect than Jalen Johnson was, um, and he's a better prospect than Kyler Gordon was as well. And if you're already happy with what they're doing, then grand. But if you can make that defensive backfield even better, combine that with the safeties that we've got at the moment, you really want to make that a, a strong... Again, I go back to we need to score points, absolutely. But we also need to stop people from scoring points. Um, and that becomes a huge part. So yeah, corner is a huge thing. And don't be shocked. Look at the way the draft board falls. Um, and if, if one of those two top corners is there... Witherspoon for me or um, Gonzalez, then yeah, you take him. That's that's the way I'm looking at it. Yeah, no, it's it's one that's kind of kind of snuck up on people. I'll be completely honest. I really like the idea of both Witherspoon and Gonzalez. I think they're fantastic players. But inside me, I go, ah, oh, that's not kind of what I wanted at nine. And um, what would be your take, first of all, on the cornerback position for the Bears? What's your What's your thought of where we are right now? Because I've I've seen people look at the likes of Kendall Vildor, Kyler Gordon, uh, JJ, and kind of said, "Yeah, we're we're okay there compared to other positions." What do you think right now? In agreement with Tony, or is there another thought you have around the, around the cornerback position? Yeah, no. Look, as Tony said, it's a premium position now, and it's an important position. And we have two good corners in there, as you say, with Johnson and uh, Carla Gordon. And if you can bring in, say, Gonzalez Witherspoon, I think you are really shutting off that position for years to come. You have young players, young, talented players in there who can make plays. And that's massive. We, we saw what happened to this defense last year in the air and on the ground. And if you can get good, if you can get that defensive back situation sorted, you know, obviously then you look at safety, We, I think, a lot of us love Brisker in there, and Eddie Jackson will be a big question mark going forward. But if you can get three corner cornerbacks boxed off and sorted, I mean, these premium players make big, big. They make big plays in big games that that win games, and that's what we need. And that's something then you don't need to worry about. And obviously, we need to work on the defensive line. We've done a lot of work on linebackers, but if they do, and I, I have look, I have no issue if they go cornerback. If they see a cornerback on the board at nine, and they think. You know what? This is makes our team better. This is the best player there for us, and this makes our team better. Then go for it. I had no problem with them doing it last year. I was surprised they done it last year. I didn't expect it. I was convinced it'd be offense, and I was completely wrong. But I'm fine with it because if it's their number one guy on the board at the time, and it makes this team better in an important position like that, look, go for it. Do what you need to do. I trust this front office and this general manager that they know what they're doing and that if that's what they want, then that's what they need to do. 
I think it's an interesting one here from Bronski Bear, who makes a point around Witherspoon and Porter Jr. and Gonzalez. All seem like great picks. Personally, I think um, Porter Jr. is the most upside. Tony, everyone's been speaking about Witherspoon and Porter, and hopefully, as I said, we get to talk to a beat reporter shortly um, about Witherspoon. But no one's really been mentioning Porter Jr., um, which I think is unfair looking at the research I've done on him. He looks a real promising kid. He definitely is someone that will probably go in the first round, if not in the top 20. What's your take on the on the cornerbacks in this draft? Do you see something that people have also said that all oh, the Bears should hold off on nine because further down the draft there's good cornerbacks? What's your take on the actual cornerback position for the draft? Yeah, I mean there are there are there is depth at corner. There's no doubt about that. Just before I get going on that, guys, though, I know there's a bunch of folk over on Twitter watching in other places. Come over here, stick your message in the chat because I, I genuinely want to know what people are thinking about corner at number nine as well. So. Just, just a side thing there, but, but yeah, there is depth there. Absolutely, there's no, there's no doubt about it. But it goes back to the old thing where if you're sitting with a top ten pick and you you want to get a top ten caliber player, and for me, there's only two corners in the class that are top ten caliber. Not against um, Porter Junior at all. Like, I, I think yeah, he's an absolute bona fide first round pick. But you know, at number nine for me personally, uh, it, no. Uh, but absolutely, Witherspoon or Gonzalez would be one of those guys. Um, and again, I think it goes back to the way that, you, you know, the draft falls on the night. And if it gets to that point at nine where the Bears have, well, look at this, the Bears have needs at defensive line. The, needs, the Bears have needs at offensive line and the Bears have needs at cornerback. So really you could pick any three of those positions at nine, whether that's Paris Johnson Jr., whether it's Broderick Jones, whether it's Jalen Carter, whether it's Devin Witherspoon. And you get you're getting a, a shit hot player, and that's what you want. Um, and I think what you need to then um, have a look at, then and saying, well, I'm getting a blue chip player, and then you just need to decide at that point, am I can I still get a good player at one of these positions later on? Because really, if, for example, I don't want to go off on a tangent here at all and talk too much, but um, if you're looking at, for example, Jalen Carter, defensive tackle, what's the next best defensive tackle after him? Okay, so if you miss out in defensive tackle there, Jalen Carterly goes, you don't you don't take another defensive tackle at nine. Offensive tackle, there's only two guys that I would take at nine. In cornerback, there's only two guys I would take at nine. If any of those four guys are there or Jalen Carter, then you're laughing. Um, because you've got a a, a bona fide blue chipped player. Um, but for me, corner drops off. I mean, there is depth, there's no doubt, but we're not picking at 20 this year, we're picking yep. at nine. You want to get the best player at the, that the position. You don't want to just go, oh well, you know, we'll just wait and get a guy later on and see what happens, you know. But th that's just a daft way to play things. You take, take. If you've got a great player, you take a great player there and then. Just on that, Noel, and, and it, Tony breaks up an interesting point about stick, sticking at nine and getting your best player and making sure it's to, to what your team needs. Does that then devalue the conversation around trying to get a, a conversation with, let's say, Washington or New England Patriots or whoever, Steelers or whoever we've heard in the last week uh, having conversation? Does that devalue that by saying, oh, we really want to get high in the second round? Which would you prefer? Would you prefer to stick at nine, get your blue chip player, or would you prefer to have someone later on that's maybe not your blue chip, but also have a higher run in the second round? Which would you, which would you prefer? it's all relative it depends on the kind of offers you're getting in and what you're going to get from it but for me you started off at number one because you start off at number one i think you have to come away from this draft with, with a blue chip player you started you you control the board from the start 
And I do think you need to come away with a blue chip player. Again, if they make the move down, fine. Hopefully they have someone in mind that they think is right and they're building up those picks. I, I can go either way. I, I can be happy with either way. But if I had to pick something, I want to go at nine and I want to get a good player, a difference maker. Hopefully they'll develop into that. But I want to get that good player because you started so high and because hopefully we're not going to be picking this high all the time that you go and you take advantage of it now and you get a good player who can come in, hopefully make a difference to defense, offense, wherever, but someone who is a blue chip player there for a number of years to come that you can, you can continue this kind of build around players like that. So for me, either way, I'm fine. But my opinion, pick at nine and get the best player you can, unless you get a crazy offer to, to drop down a bit, then look, fair enough. Talking about some of the best players, I'm delighted that we were able to welcome onto the show uh, someone who will be able to give us a little bit more detail. And he jumped off the show. He was just, I was just about, I was literally just, Bob, come back. Bob, I was just about to hit the enter to go. And you, you jumped off. Hopefully Bob will come back. There's a little bit of movement there, Bob. I was, I had it perfectly timed to go talk about Bob and into them whisper. Anyway, on your point, Noel, I would tend to agree. And I don't know whether there's going to be a crazy, oh, crazy offer that's back, going to be there. Back. Bob's back, I think. Let me see if I can get him. Bob, Bob, can you hear me? Welcome, I can Bob. hear you. Brilliant, Bob. We can Thank hear you, you so much for your time. Uh, it's been brilliant to get on and, and get to talk about some Illinois football uh, because I know there'll be quite a lot of quite a lot of Chicago Bears fans who would, would have a soft spot for Illinois. And, and especially coming up to this draft, there's some interesting players that, that everyone's speaking about. Just at the start of the show, we were talking a little bit about, about cornerbacks and the importance of the cornerbacks that are there and the world, the, the quality that is there in, in Gonzalez, but also obviously about Witherspoon. Uh, he's the first guy we're gonna we're gonna talk about. Uh, just give us an insight, first of all, about him as a person. So we know that he's a top 10 caliber, potential top 10 caliber NFL draft player. But him as a human being, what's what's he like? Well, he's very confident, which you kind of like on the corner. You want that guy to think he can beat up everybody, and he does. So he's very confident. He's a guy that was so under-recruited. He was not thought of – he didn't start playing football to his junior year in high school. So he thought, I'll try football, see how that works. Nobody recruited him. He had very few offers. He came here with a chip on his shoulder, and he was really under-recruited. Levy Smith saw something, and he, good guy, hard worker, with a really high-level confidence, which, again, I, I like that. And from, yeah. and from sorry, sorry, Tony. No, I was just going to say, I mean, it's quite interesting that you mentioned his sort of background there and, and where he was and football-wise, because um, obviously this year he's been voted, the, he's the first ever Illinois defensive back um, to be voted uh, DB defensive back of the year in the Big Ten right? Uh, and, and All-American as well. So my question is, in terms of Witherspoon and the Illinois um, kind of uh, setup, where does he rank in terms of draft prospects you guys have had come out of that school in the last sort of decade or so? Oh, he's the best. He's by far the best. In fact, they haven't had a top 10 guy here since 96. So that we're going almost 30 years. It's been a long time. He's the best. and He's going to be the first top 10 guy here forever. I mean, we're back to Simeon Rice and Kevin Hardy, who went second and third in 96. He's a bit, he'll be the next guy after those guys. That's pretty... Pretty amazing, pretty impressive guy, and a player that's really going to be a guy that they talk about here for a long time because of what he did last couple of years and what he's going to do going forward. 
And Bob, sorry, you talk about, you know, Tony mentioned the, the awards he got this year and how well he's done this year. Obviously, there's, there's a lot of people look at him and think, I mean, I've watched him the last few days just preparing for this. And man, I love watching him tackle. He, he really hits. But there's a lot of questions out there now about that next level. People questioning, you know, height, weight, you know, he's somewhere you read 5'11", somewhere you read 6'4", around 180 pounds. How do you think he translates then to the NFL? Do you think that's in any way a disadvantage? Or do you think this kid is so good that, you know, he can play inside, he can play outside if you need him to, that that's not going to be a kind of a block to him kind of developing on and becoming a great player in the NFL? I think he will become a great player in the NFL. I think I think maybe not right away. Maybe not. he won't start as a rookie. He could. But I think second year, third year, he's going to be a guy. He's going to be a guy we talk about as one of the greats. I really do. I think he, I think he's got. It's nice to have a guy with a chip on his, on his shoulder, a guy that feels like you don't respect me. I'm going to work harder. He's always worked hard, which is critical. But I think he's just got a lot of good things going for him. I don't worry about the size, but the guy tackles like he does, makes plays like he does. I don't care about that size. There's all sorts of guys that are different sizes that have been great pros. I think he could be the next one. I don't worry about that stuff at all. He's ferocious. He didn't worry about hitting people or getting hit. So, plus, again, the confidence level on his part is like, he's like, of course I'm going to be a top 10 back. It's not like I might be one. It's, I hope I'm one. No, it's I'm going to be one. And so, I think if I met him as a GM or a coach, I'd say, I want that, I want that guy on my team. I think when you watch him on the field, Bob, I think you're right. Like that confidence totally oozes from him when when you see him play, sort of thing. And one of the big aspects of his game, obviously, we talk about the kind of anticipation, um, that kind of cerebral, being able to you know guess what's going to happen before it happens, sort of thing, which is great uh, if it can translate. One of the big other aspects that he has is that kind of willingness to commit to the big hit and sort of really go hell for leather. Do you think that could be troublesome in the in the NFL over committing to a, a, a kind of tackle or a player or a target? Or, or, or do, you, do you think coaches can kind of rein that in? And do you think that maybe is going to be part of the kind of transition process for him? Well, he's been well coached here. I think that's clear to me. They've yeah. they've made him a better player. They made a made him a top ten pick. But I also think he's he's got room for growth. Plus, he listens. I think that's critical. If he listens to the people that are talking to him, this coach is, you know, a lot depends on where he goes, but wherever he goes, that coach is going to be good enough to be a head coach in the NFL, and he will say, do what I say, and if he does that, which he definitely will do that. I have no worries about that. He'll adapt. He'll, you know, he'll be a lot better year two, year three, than year one. I think that's obvious, but again, I think this guy, he listens. You, I don't think he'd make the progress he did as a player here, as he's under-recruited, nobody wanted him guy to a, basically a star. You, you don't do that without having a great willingness to change what you do, a great willingness to listen to people and do what's best for you. And I think he, he's got a lot of that, all that plus the confidence level. So I, I think he, he's, he's going to be fine that way. I'm not worried about that at all. I really am not. Just before we, we head on to, to one of the other two prospects, and anyone that's in the chat, you want to ask Bob any questions, Show up there, and we make sure those questions are asked. But Bob, on 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 Witherspoon, 
it's just something that that it always seems to be him versus Gonzalez in this conversation about about who's going to be the first cornerback to go there. And obviously, you've seen him week in, week out. We all know, and the lads have spoken about what the positives of him is and what the what the real ability that this kid has and the, and their confidence and the attitude, which by the way pops off every bit of his videos. It's fantastic. Right. His reaction to all his hits, his reactions are what you what, what I want in a cornerback. I want my cornerback to be disliked by all the other teams. Teams. That's what I want my cornerback to be because that right. shows off all that you want because there's an attitude there and he's getting under people's skin. Well, what is stuff that you would think he has to work on? Uh, I know Tony mentioned there about trying to get the big hits, but what is the other elements of his game do you think he needs to work on as he heads towards the NFL? Well, he's pretty new to football. He's only played only played two years of high school. He's not one of those guys that's been playing his whole life. He was a basketball player. So the athleticism there is obvious to me. But it's yeah, it's it's just the experience of playing the playing the position, every level he climbs. So he was really good in high school. Made a lot of plays. If you look back at his, at his team, came to Illinois early on was more of a special teams guy. Then became a player and made a lot of plays. So I think at an NFL level, early on he may have to learn. It'll take a little bit. Like that's why I said rookie year. I don't think he'll necessarily be as as good as some of the other players right away, but I think year two, year three, once he gets to fail for it, he'll be he'll be awesome. So be awesome. I, I just I just think the experience at each level takes some time to get used to. When you have an athlete like him, it makes it a lot easier. One of the guys in the chat, um, one of our regulars, um, Rusky Bear, asked a question: Can you name a former or current NFL player that you'd compare him to? That, if that's possible to do, I'll give you I'll give you an old school Illinois player. It's a little bit different, but also a Florida guy. And that, uh, I'm sorry, not Florida guy, but played in Florida. Devontae Davis reminds me of him a little bit. Devontae was a little taller, played a long time ago. But they, they got some similarities to me. Attitude-wise, uh, just that kind of a I'm, I'm better than you attitude. So that goes way back. Devontae played here, was from D.C. originally, but ended up playing Miami and a bunch of other places. They're very similar. They had some questions about their size as well. Devontae was really skinny when he first got here. But they have that same kind of I'll beat you attitude, which I, th- I think for a corner, I don't think there's anything better. I want I want that guy to believe I will stop the receiver. We know that's gonna, not going to happen every time, but I think you want that guy that have, has confidence in himself to get the play done. Yeah, so looking looking at that, and, and I think everyone's excited about where Witherspoon ends up going. And the whole thing about him is that everyone hopes he's in the top 10. And I actually hope for Illinois he goes in the top 10. Uh, I think he may end up in the rank of around between 7 and 12. I think somewhere around that mark that comes into it. If you were in the room and you were screaming and roaring, in the, in the room in the Chicago Bears war room or whatever they want to call it um, and it, it got to the scenario where he was on the board and the Bears were picking at nine what what straight away would you be saying to, to Ryan to Ryan Poles to, to get him to, to pick him over anybody else or oh, take him take him he's he's, he's uh, now an Illinois kid so you're going to have that going for you but he, he can play I don't think he lasts I don't think he lasts nine I think he, I think he's gone at six I think the Lions, if they are still there, if they haven't changed, I think the Lions take them. They've been there a lot. So I think I think Detroit is six. And frankly, find the Bears, I don't want that. That's a division guy. So I really don't I really don't want them in Detroit, which is building. So but I think he's gone by six. If he's there at nine, take him. Don't let somebody else have him. Take him. Uh, 
I love, I love the attitude. I love also the disrespect toward the hatred toward Detroit. Don't let them in the door. Not Bob. me. Lock not me. Door. Not Lock me. Not door. me. I don't hate Detroit, but but I think Bears people hate Detroit. So. Yes, I, I love Detroit. We we have we have what we have one of our colleagues on here, Seth, who will be on here, who is the most anti-Detroit person I've ever met. It's quite funny. Oh. Now, moving moving on to that, and correct me if I'm wrong, but are Sid, Sydney and Chase Brown are they related? They're brothers. They're twin brothers. Tell me about that. Tell it's me about awesome. That. Sorry. So did you say they're twin brothers? Oh, tw identical twin brothers. And when wow. they're, they're when their hair is the same, you have no idea what you want to talk to. I know now, but initially you had no clue. They could have definitely pulled a parent trap on you. They could have said, "Oh, I'm Sydney." If it was if it was Chase, but they're they're identical twin brothers. They're great kids, awesome people, and they're going to be really successful at the next level. I have no question about that. Just because of again how they were brought up. Your mom's awesome. Family's awesome. They had a lot of support. They've been through some stuff, but they're going to think they'll excel at the next level. I'm sure of that. And what makes them, you said they're identical twin brothers. That must be entertaining, as you said, for interviewing at the very start. That must have been fun. But what what about them, each other, separates them little? I know, I know. obviously, one's a safety, one's a running back. But what's the what's the differentiation of them as people that you see between them? Are oh, they very, very similar people? Very, very easy. Sydney is more loquacious. Sydney is more of a talker. He, he likes to talk. He, he could talk. If you sat down with him, he could talk for a half an hour about anything. Chase is more reserved. But that doesn't make... He's a great guy. Very nice. They're both really nice people. But he's very... Not quite as out there. But he'll talk to you. But he's not quite as open as... as, as Sydney's just a little more of a talker. And, and therefore, I think that's why he kind of shines as a leader. I think that was obvious from the get-go when he first got here. His guy that Helped the defense become really good. Sydney did. I think he took that uh, he did, to the whole team. So he became a captain. A really obvious choice. I think that's where they differentiate. Now, their, their personalities, well, again, both the good Canadians. So, of course, they're nice. <laughs> I'm sorry, Bob. I just want to actually have a question there about uh, Chase Brown. Because, again, you know, watching Illinois football, I was really, really impressed with, with the speed he displays on the outside, his elusiveness. Also, his ability in the in the passing game to you know to catch the ball and make plays. Um, again, how do you think he translates to the NFL? Because as a Bears fan, I think there's probably a good chance they pick a running back later on, and like someone like him who can catch the ball as well as has that speed to get to the outside and make plays. To me, intrigues me, and I actually I'm going to go watch more on him because I was really impressed with the bit I seen. But again, how do you think he kind of translates to the NFL? I think he's probably around five eleven size wise. I've read right. maybe. The best blocker, but from what I've seen, you know, right? That's a that's plays. a that's that that's a blocking's flaw. That's the one area he has to work on. But that's something that'll come in time. But good hands, uh, good out of the backfield, a guy that can make plays, a guy that can be a big play player. Look at his long runs in Illinois, and he really helped the office convert from pretty bad his uh, sophomore year to junior year. He was a lot better, mostly because of him. If, if they, they, they turned him. Probably relied on him too much, but he's a guy. I think he has a good, a good upside in the NFL. Uh, he'll try, he'll work hard, he'll do all that stuff. But he's got good speed. I think he had a really good forty time in the combine, so that worked well. So I just the blocking thing is something he'll work on. He, he'll he'll work hard. Be kind of cool if the brothers end up on the same team. That'd be awesome. I, I'd root for that. Absolutely. So Bears, Bears. 
Yeah, I mean, that, that, it would be something. It would be something. I, I mean, I, personally speaking, I don't think the Bears are, are in great need of a running back or right. a, a safety at the moment. Um, however, I do see the, the the attraction in both players, especially Chase Brown. Um, that you've got that forty yard vertical, forty inch vertical, um, you know, explosive player, and that's that's a big thing there. One thing I have noticed though, Bob, when you're talking about these guys, is they all seem like. I mean, I know they're Canadians. I've got a lot of Canadian family, and I know they're really spot on people, right? But they all seem like really they've got their heads screwed on. Now, last year we had Kalen Tolson on the show. We had Tony Adams on the show. Uh, obviously, the Bears drafted Doug Kramer as well. Um, and those guys were really, really good guys. I mean, the way they came across. Is there something to be said about the way that they're being coached and that set up there and that it's not just football? What What are your thoughts on that coaching set up in Illinois and how that's impacting the players that they're brought in in general? Yeah, I, I think they do a great job. I think the coach, I think Brian Lima knows what the NFL wants, so that it helps. But I also think he, he does a good job getting them ready. I think they're better prepared now than they were two years ago. I think they're better prepared here from now. So I think they'll do a good job that way. Yeah, I, I, I really like, I think Tony's point is really, really good. We had Tony Adams, you reminded me of a sensational kid as well. Bob, just before we let you, we let you go, um, looking in towards, towards the draft, is there anyone else outside of, outside of those three that people should keep an eye on from Illinois? Uh, going in the draft, is there anybody else you can you want to throw in that might be there for either later in the rounds or UDFAs or something like that? Uh, Quan Martin was going to go for fairly early, probably before Sydney. Quan Martin, defense back, really good, really good player. So I think you'll see him go early. Brilliant stuff. You heard it here first. Bob, thank you so much for your time. We really, really did appreciate it. Before you go, do you want to let anybody that, that's watching, if they want to get on to, to where they can follow you or where they can see some of your stuff or hear from yeah. you? AlinaHQ.com and at Bob Osmerson on Twitter. Bob, again, really, really appreciate your time. Uh, hopefully, we, hopefully, if the Bears take one of those Illinois guys, we try and get you back on, and you can uh, you can tell us a bit more about about what it is, and we can get even more excited about getting those guys. I love the idea of getting the Twins and the Bears. I know That's Tony's awesome. right. I know Tony's right. We don't necessarily need them, and I'm I would be the worst GM because I I would go by the story all day. But yeah, I I, I would love the idea of it. Bob, really appreciate your time. Thanks, guys. Uh, stay safe. And, uh, Cheers, Bob. Have a good one. Anytime. That was really good. Um, I know Bob had said to me earlier on that he was flying through around four or five interviews uh, that was going on at the same time. So I really appreciate his time in jumping on and, and, and telling us about some of the Illinois guys. Tony, what did you take it? What did you take of uh, of Bob's Bob's quick 15 minute call? Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, nothing, nothing surprising uh, in what he's saying. You know, I mean, obviously we know what Wotherspoon is. Uh, what what I am maybe slightly surprised about is he thinks that maybe the first year would be a struggle, uh, or not a struggle, but you know it wouldn't be until maybe the second year before he starts really get going. Um, and, and for for a top ten player, you would like them to hit the ground running for me. Um, so I think you know that that that's something that that kind of raised my eyebrows a little bit. But obviously, I can understand the reasons behind it. As I say, I sort of mentioned, you know. Over committing to tackles and all that kind of stuff, but you know, if you with a full off season to to rein that kind of thing in and advise on it, you know, maybe maybe it works out. Um, I don't know. That's probably the only thing I would. I, I would I would say that Witherspoon, just from what I've seen, uh, could be a guy who could could hit the ground running. But it's interesting that he said that he thinks it might take a year or two for him to kind of get 
get to that kind of high level of listen i'm not saying he's going to come in he's going to be defensive back of the year do you know what i mean like or or even rookie of the year but you know you just expect a wee bit more in your first year if you're picking a guy at six for example because i don't think he's going to go past detroit we've seen they get rid of jeff akuda today yep. um so for me they're taking a corner at six I know I always said it was Jalen Carter, but I think it's probably just going to be a corner. And I think Weatherspoon's probably the best option there. Um, yeah, I, so, so, yeah. I, I think it's interesting from the Bears' perspective of that move, because I'm with you. Um, I, I don't know what our, where Gonzalez goes before that. Um, I don't know what, whether they pick Gonzalez or Witherspoon. Uh, if Detroit do that, then I really, really think that if, if Seattle haven't taken Carter, I think Carter might be there at nine, and that becomes a whole different conversation for people as they go. Noel, other than the fact that you were the guy that told me that these guys were brothers, you forgot to tell me they were twins, by the way, which is a, an amazing add-on. But I'm <laughs> sold on the twin stuff. That would be so cool. Anyway, what did you take on, on the conversation, especially because you were interested in, in the Chase Brown part of it. Uh, what did you take on that? Well, the big thing I took was they were twins because I didn't know that. So there we go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, obviously the first thing is like Tony said, obviously Bob, you know, not sure if, if Witherspoon hit the ground running, which looked fair enough, yeah, Tony's covered that there. In terms of Chase Brown, yeah, I like I, I do like him, and I know we said we don't need a runner back because we don't, and we definitely don't need one high. But I don't know. I mean, later on, I think the Bears will probably take one because after Foreman and uh, Khalil, blank Herbert. now, Her, Khalil Herbert, oh. you know, we have Tristan Ebner. Is he gonna? He didn't have a great first year. He'll probably get a chance again. But I do think they take a chance on a running back later on. And someone like Brown looks to me like a good running back. Okay, the Bears like their players to be able to block. So that is something, as Bob said, he will need to work on. But he's a guy, you know, the Bears got to run this outside scheme. He's a guy who can get to the outside and he, he's extremely elusive and has a lot of speed. And he has that option then of, of in the pass game. So for me, I think that's kind of an interesting one later on. Now, obviously, it depends where he goes. I've been kind of reading people saying fourth, maybe fifth. Do you take a chance then? Maybe the Bears have, you know, done a couple of trades, have a few extra picks. Maybe he's a player they could look at. So for me, I'd like to kind of look at that and see what uh, that kind of a player. Other than that, as Tony said, you know, pretty much par for the course and what Bob told us and what we, we pretty much thought about players like Witherspoon and, and kind of how things are going to go. But I agree with you guys. I, I don't think he goes past Detroit. I think Detroit are, are, are waiting from there with a net as he comes by. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, yeah. It's, Detroit are getting very chirpy. Their fans are online, which is, I, I like it. I must admit, it's interesting. Um, for me, the, the Chase Brown one is, is all, I, I'm a regular 400 a day, um, mock draft person. Uh, so he always seems to fall to me in a certain time, but I, I'm with you, Noel. The, the flag for me is that blocking. And I think, yeah, that's important for the Bears, obviously. When you, especially when you've Herbert. Especially when you've got yeah. Herbert, who isn't renowned for his blocking. Foreman isn't known massively for blocking either. I think the ca catching the football and blocking are what we want in our later rounds rather than Nelson. It'll be interesting to see what the Bears do. I disagree with Tony. I think they do take a running back later on because what I think it ends up being is they get to the point where they they want to get confident on Herbert. I don't think they're fully there yet on, on him. And also, they want to have a scenario where they've got a rookie that's got a four-year deal that goes into it, which goes back to Tony and Kieran's point way, way back, whereby you always try to get your running back in so you have them on a rookie deal for as long as possible. It doesn't. Right, I'm sorry, they could just go. No, I'm a B. John Robinson, have him for five years. There we go. No, 
that's enough of that. You don't encourage anybody with that. Chat. I'm waiting for the internet to just go. <laughs> that like there's certain. No, no listen. That... I'm not saying we shouldn't take a running back, right? I'm just saying. Oh I, no! Yeah, yeah. I, I would take it way, way. Let's look. <clears throat> look at the free agency signed. I mean, you got Foreman, who's only what 26, and you've got who's the other guy? What's his name? Um, Homer, Travis Homer. Yeah, he's he was only twenty three or twenty four as well. He's on a two year deal. I don't know. I just uh, I think he's gonna be more special teams than Tony really isn't he? Didn't well, you know, you think you never know. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, who knows? I, I, I do know. I do get your point. I do get your point. I just think that this draft there's there there is some running backs later on that are that are decent, um, and that that we want to make sure that we we get there. I, I do get you. I'm not talking about first, second, maybe not even third round. I'm saying looking at fourth, like my favorite would be. I'm taking, taking a fourth, fifth, taking a flyer out there. Like yeah. I, I don't think they're taking one early. There's too many other holes before that. Yeah, I, I think agree. later on in the draft you can find those good players. You know, and again, if we build up a few more picks, if that's what Paul's does again, well then maybe the option is there to take one later on. Yeah, I think I think that's I think that's that's in a nutshell. I think the same conversation might be had around wide receiver. Um, whether whether they maybe not as far back down, but again, that conversation may be there because I I really don't understand the idea around Bijan Robinson or JSN. Um, I like JSN. I like Bijan Robinson. In fact, I I would go as far as to say Bijan Robinson is probably the best player in the draft potentially, definitely in the top five, as in player wise. Um, but not not for what the Bears want to do, and unfortunately, as a running back. It's going to be devalued to go further down. I think he mightn't. He, he might struggle to get picked in later in the in the teens, if I'm honest. Um, just on the whole thing around around moving towards the next topic that we have, the final topic that we're really kind of spoken about is around the likes of the obsession with with Darnell Wright that seems to have come into it, and everyone seems to now have gone from we must take PJ uh, uh, Paris Johnson Jr. We must take Carter. We must take this guy JSN. We must do all this, and now that seems to have rolled around the Darnell Wright. Um, first of all, let's talk about the player. Um, Noel Tony, I'll let you throw it out to you guys. Darnell right, right tackle. He's someone that first of all, do you do you rate the kid? Yeah, for me, yeah. I think he's a he's a good player. He's a raw player. I, I wouldn't be taking him first in, in terms of offensive lineman, first or second, but I think he is he's a good player. He's obviously big, he's strong, he moves well for a big guy. Has a bit of work to do on his footwork, pad level issues that he needs to be working on. So for me, he is a good player. And if you get him later on in the first round, I think he's a player who can develop over time. But I think if you need, uh, if you are going for offensive line and you kind of need one, and you need one to start next season, he's probably not that guy for you. And I don't think he goes before, you know, Paris Johnson or Skaronski or, or someone like that. But I do think he is a good player who potentially has a massive ceiling going going down the line but it just depends do you do you want someone who might take a bit of time to develop or do you want someone who is more nfl ready to go in next season to you know protect justin fields and and kind of get that o-line going but yeah look he's a good player but not not for me not early anyway not before those guys yeah i'm I'm in the same boat um i i like darnell right um i think he's a good player um do i think he's a top 10 player no I think there are better tackles in the draft than him. Yes. Um, you know, and it's nothing against him because, you know, he's the kind of guy that I would maybe, if you miss out in your tackles, as I mentioned, the way that the, the, the draft board falls at the top of the draft, <clears throat> absolutely he's a guy that I would consider taking later on. Um, 
But, you know, again, it's, it's, it's going to be at the top of the second round. He's probably going to be gone by then because he's, he's probably a, he's a first-round pick, but he's not anywhere near the top 10. It's, I don't know where this Darnell Wright things came from recently because well, we spoke about him before. And I know um, our guy that's been on the, on the show before, Berlissimo, has been really been, he pushed uh, Darnell Wright a lot and, and, fair, and fair, fair play to him as well because he is a good player. Um, but, I mean, he's not a top 10 pick. But the point <laughs> it's just weird how people, some people have spoken about this guy and he's still been the same player. And then all of a sudden, I don't know who said something or where it came from, but now everyone's like, oh, no, Darnell Wright needs to be the top 10 pick. It just Why? goes in waves for players, doesn't it? One or two higher-profile player or people pick somebody in their mock draft, and then it, it just a wave of people suddenly. See, and it, as you say, nothing has changed in the last few weeks or months, but suddenly he's gone from, you know, maybe he's raw, maybe not yet, to, yeah, Darnell Wright's the guy. And you're like, Why? Why you know, take the third best to go in waves. When you can take the best. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? I, I or the best at another position, you know. I don't disagree. And I think a lot of what people have been seeing is stuff along the lines of how he played against um, Will Anderson. I think that that's a good one. But the danger with doing that is you're picking one game. You're picking one moment. And that's a dangerous thing to do when you're, when you're think, picking first round. People latched on as well. Didn't, Will, didn't Anderson say he was the toughest player he'd gone up against? And people kind of latch on that. And again, it's it's one game. He could have Anderson could have had a bad day or Roy could have just had a really good day. It's it's it's, it's well, of as course, you say, I think it's very dangerous to, to pick one game and use that as your measuring stick. Yeah. But of course Anderson's going to say that that yeah. Darren Roy was the best player because he didn't play well. You know what I mean? It's it's yeah. it's those those are the those are the other side of the conversations. So let's let's play a little bit of devil's advocate and let's say that we're coming up to number nine and um Paris Johnson's gone, Broderick Jones is gone, and we're sitting there going, We're at nine. We don't really feel comfortable about taking Darren Elroy at nine. So we're looking to try and trade back. And before anyone goes mad about trading back and all that kind of stuff, I'm just doing it for this argument with Darren Elroy. I'm you not going saying... to go mad, don't you? I'm going to go mad. <laughs> no, of course they are. Everyone always goes mad at me anyway. I'm going um, to go mad. I'm... Okay, continue. <laughs> yeah, you're going to go mad. Let's fight. Let's... Perfectly fine with that. But just for hypothetical reason, we want Darren Elroy. So Tony was in the room screaming and roaring and we've all gone, no, no, no. Darren Elroy is the player we want to go with, right? So with that in mind... Where do you see the conversation going as to who we should go for? Or more importantly, what? how far back do you think he's there? Tony said that he's going to be gone in the first round. Where in the first round, Tony, do you think he's a realistic number for him? Well, bottom third. Bottom third of the first round, I think, for me personally. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk from being a, a second round option for a while. I think he's done enough um, and is good enough. To force himself into the first round, and I think I think it would take him in the the kind of last 10, 10, 11 picks, something like that. Um, mate, you know, you never know. It's the same. It's the same every year. There's, there seems to be a couple of players that just sort of push up the draft somehow, and I think a lot of it's to do with hype. <laughs> but you know, the thing is, the hype is coming from the fans, right? The hype is coming from the reporters. It's not the hype. The, the, the GMs are they still have their board set up like they've always had it. Might move up and down a little bit, but um it's it, it, it I, I just don't see how he could be in the top sort of 15 picks in, in the draft. I just don't I, I, I can't fathom that personally. And it's nothing against him as a player because as I say, he is a good right tackle, absolutely. Um, but for me, um, if you're for example sitting at nine. Um, there's going to be so many other better players available at that point. 
not necessarily tackles. <laughs> but again, this goes back to this huge news flash that they keep buzzing up on the screen. Um, the Bears need a lot of things. Um, this, none of this is fixed properly yet. Do you know what I mean? So we still need a tackle. We still need interior offensive linemen, really. We still need a whole D-line, pretty much. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? We need a corner. We need a kicker, apparently, as well. So, you know, like we, we, need, we need a lot of, a lot of stuff. So um, for me, if I'm sitting there at nine and my tackles are gone and Jalen Carter's gone and the Bears are happy with Jalen Carter, incidentally, and I've got my corner sitting there, I'm going with the corners. Um, or maybe the pass rusher. Tyree Wilson might drop. I like him too. But, um, yeah, bottom, bottom 10, 11 picks for, for Darnell Wright. Do you know what? Yeah, I think I agree with you there, Tom. Just Sorry, fucking, you know, I want to ask you something because I just the way Tony was speaking there. Do you think the Darnell Wright thing is because he's a right tackle, yeah. and that the obsession with the Bears have is we must get a right tackle because McGlinchey, whatever happened, happened, and we're terrified of it being Larry Borum, and we're convinced that anyone that's a left tackle can't play right tackle, and I've, I've seen stuff about Broderick Jones that he can't play right tackle, and all this kind of other stuff. Um, do you think that's the reason why Darnell Wright's getting a lot more love from certain certain Bears fans? Yeah, hundred yes. <laughs> percent. What Tony said, yes, but but it is because we're so we know we have multiple issues or multiple positions that need to be fixed. But O line just stands out because we talk about it every year, and every year we're you know we think we have it, and then we don't have it, and we're mixing and matching and changing, and it's become such a kind of thing in, in Bears fans' heads now to get this O line sorted. Plus, obviously, we have Justin Fields there, and we want we want things in front of him to be fixed. And that kind of feels like it adds a bit of an urgency to it because we want to know what we have in this kid and we want to give him the best chance to produce. So then we look at Roy Tackle last year. It didn't go well, no matter who was out there, you know, whether it was Borum or Riley Reef or whoever was there, it just didn't work. So I think people do then latch on and they just want that fix. And he's a right tackle and he'll slot in. And, you know, suddenly he's getting this kind of hype now going and people are like, oh yeah, yeah, that'll sort out the right tackle and we'll be done. And I think that's, for me as well, yeah. I think it's just it's a bit of need and a bit of desperation and a bit of hope, and people just latch onto it. We've seen it. We've seen it. And sorry, we've seen it in free agency with yeah. Orlando Brown. The fucking hysterics of people <laughs> on Twitter over Orlando Brown not signing for the bear. We've got a lot of money. Why are we not just giving him all the money? It doesn't fit the bloody scheme for a start. Like you know, what I mean that that's first and foremost. But just because we need the right tackle doesn't mean you say that you go blow everything on one guy or you take a guy much higher than he should be taken. You know, you got to go for the value here. And there's much better value in taking either another tackle there or another position. Um, but, I, but just to put an underline on it, I am not a fan of trading back regardless because at the end of the day, all you're doing is giving up a top 10 caliber play. If, if You've got your blue chip player still on the board at that point. That is, if they're all gone, that's different, mate. But if you've got, you probably will have blue chip players on the board. Four quarterbacks yeah. are going to be taken that, in the first that, before that. So there's I, only I, five. I, yeah. There's more than five blue chip players in the first round. That, so you trade back for some lottery tickets. That no, at that point up. for me, it's it's quality oh. over quantity. I want that good player brought in because Excellent. we started so high in the draft, and you need to get not a. It won't be a cornerstone because we want to have a few good players in there, but we need to. We need to get that blue chipper who will be part of this rebuild for years to come and do a good job for us. And trading back is great, and you get all these picks, but still they're not all going to hit. And if you can get that one good guy now first, get him. 
Yeah. Question on that though. Okay, yeah, I don't disagree. By the way, I'm witches. But let's play devil's advocate. That's kind of what I meant to be here for. And I say this: we then don't draft again until fifty-three, right? So that means from nine to fifty-three is gone. If we trade back to fourteen. Uh, the Patriots are 14. Patriots also have 45, I think. I could be wrong. But let's, again, they have a advocate. They give you an option of 14 and 45, right? That's then meaning you've got 14, 45, and 53, and then you're into, you're into three in the second round. So you have your first-round pick. Or you still got your first-round pick. you got three second-round picks. Versus the scenario of taking someone at number nine and then having to either – Take, give away two second rounders to go up and get somebody in the in the thirties and forties on the second round. And again, I am playing very much loose with the numbers. Do you do you see the the potential that you could get from getting a higher pick in the second round, Tony? Well, look at this way, right? You're talking about go back to fourteen, right? So say you say right, there's four quarterbacks taken in the top ten. Yep. Which means then there's five other players coming up, right? So if you then move back another five spaces. That's you 10 players before you get the pick. And the chances are that all that you know, the 10, 10 of those players, maybe only eight of them are, are in your top category of blue chip players, yep. right? So that means you're then sacrificing a higher caliber player and it's a second round pick, which is madness. It, the, we have to be there's to be patience here. Just because we're not going to be picking again till 53, isn't a bad thing. We're picking at 53, we're picking at what 62 or 63, 61. 61, and then again at the top of the third round, but it's effectively yeah. a second round pick. So you get three second round picks anyway, really, when you think about it. I mean, I, 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 I just don't understand the urgency to accumulate all these picks. I mean, I always go back to you remember when the Bears traded for Khalil Mack and they yep. gave up all these first round picks. What did the Las Vegas Raiders or whatever they were called then do? They pissed it up a wall. That's what they did. Because every one of those lottery tickets were an absolute waste because they ended up being later on, um, you know, or running backs that were taken high or some nonsense like that. Do you know what I mean? That's it was not, the Raiders, though, to be fair. Yeah, do you know what I mean? But this is what the point I'm making is that you can end up with all these picks and nothing to show for it versus having a, a shit-hot player and then having to sit back and, and then obviously just wait a wee bit longer till you pick again three times effectively in the second round, which for me is not a bad thing. And there's nothing wrong with trading up either. No one says that we have to trade up from 53 to 32. Jimmy, you, you can trade up from 53 into the, the, the mid-40s or the high-40s if there's a guy there that you really like. And it doesn't mean you need to give up the world because the trade value um, at that point is, is a lot lower anyway. Um, and, and who's to say that we don't get rid of players as well. You know, there's there's an outside possibility there's players on that team that might not be there um, in the future. Um, you know, we I, I don't want to start getting into names and things like that, but it's definitely something that we know we spoke to people about and, and they've, they've, they've said similar things in the past. Um, certainly last year, going into the off-season, uh, about certain offensive linemen. But, yeah, I mean, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? But for me, you stick, you pick the best player that you can get. If your best player's not there, and you're then picking in a second round of players, absolutely trade back because what difference does it make at that point? But if you can get your best player, then you go for it. And then again, again, if you need to trade up in the second round, do it. 
Just yeah, can I just, just follow like, up there as well, just because I, I agree with what Tony's saying, but people need to remember this rebuild isn't a rebuild that has to happen this offseason. This is a rebuild that will be a couple of seasons going, so you don't need to rush certain things now. Take your time and get the right player. Now, again, it will be dependent on the Bears board. If the Bears see things falling in a certain way that allows them to drop down, perfect. But if they see their player there, for me, you take them because this isn't all getting fixed this offseason. You know, this is a couple of years to get fixed. So you take those blue chip guys there now if they're available to you and you you build with the right players and, you know, don't take that lottery of, you go know, you get loads of picks and maybe one will hit, maybe one won't. So I, I agree with what Tony's saying there. And again, it will depend on how the Bears board falls and how other teams ahead. You said it earlier, and some teams may take the players you want and you just have to work around that. And And yeah, that's for me, that's the way it goes as well. Just one of the questions on the on the on the, on the chat. And I want to, I want to mention on this. He says a late second round is a massive drop in value compared to early second, where first round talent falls out. What I want to say on that is, uh, first of all, thanks for the comment. Second of all, is the same conversation goes from number nine to number 14, 15, 16. So, if you're saying that there's a drop from the start of the second round to the end of the second round, you are correct. I would also say there's a drop from number nine to number fourteen to seventeen. That's just my own personal opinion on that. Um, but I, I do get the point. Like, It's almost in a conversation where people are looking at Chase Claypool and going, God, should we have done that trade? Or should, have, should we have taken 32? I say it again. Chase Claypool is going to surprise a lot of people this coming season. I'm telling you now, I'm very high on what I think he can do. Um, so we've got, what, around seven, eight minutes left in the show. Uh, if you've got any questions about anything that's going on, uh, make sure you, 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 you throw it onto the, onto the chat and we'll have a chat. First of all, I got one here. I got one here from Tiny, right? Which I think is very scary that he's mentioning names that scare me to death, especially the first two. Um, it goes back to the thing I said at the very start, Tiny, around the fact of that I'd love to know what hits on the first round and the third round. We had this conversation yesterday. So many third, fourth, fifth round guys that that have been uh, that have been impressive to to what they're going to do and. The third rounders have sometimes become better players than the first rounders. Um, just moving on to kind of the last kind of topic that I want to speak about tonight. Um, we spoke about Darnell Wright and the obsession that people had around him getting getting him at nine. There seems to be, in my head, a lot more people with opinions that are based on their own mind. PFF, Pro Football Network, all these other draft seminars that are there. What's your take on where you actually think the Bears need to go at nine? Um, so forget about all these new guys that are coming in. Is it right now, if we got to the scenario, what would be your dream pick at number nine right now? I'll start with Noel. Uh, number nine. I mean, for me, I do want to get either the offensive line or the de- defensive line sorted. Uh, I do like Paris Johnson Jr. I do think it's... It's important. As I said earlier, talking about Justin Fields, I would like to get that line squared off and give him the best chance back there. So if he falls there, I like that. Jalen Carter is one to me that is just, it, it boggles my mind because I was a massive Carter fan, obviously before everything went a bit funny and who knows, you know, there's been issues then since and whatnot. And I just worry about what may or may not be there off field and who knows. Um, but for me, I think we're lucky in the fact that our biggest needs seem to be the best position groups in the draft in terms of O-linemen. There's some of the best players are O-line, defensive line, rusher, pass rushers and three texters, some good guys there. But I think for me, I like Paris Johnson Jr. I think 
in terms of a realistic pick at nine, I would like to bring him in. I like I like how he looks. I think he's a good player. I think he could be a good player going forward in the future. Someone who will be kind of a staple of that O-line for years to come. And for me, I'd, I'd like to get that squared off. And I'd probably be looking there if you were available. Tony? Um, I'll be honest with you, I don't have one particular person in mind that I would say that I definitely want this guy. I, I think there's a lot of guys at that position where if we picked them, I'd be happy. Um, yep. If we picked, like, for example, if Will Anderson fell somehow, amazing. If Jalen Carter's there at nine and everything's fine with that situation, amazing. If either of the corners are there, amazing. If Paris Johnson Jr.'s there or Broderick Jones is there, amazing. If Tyree Wilson's there, amazing. Do you mean, there, there's, for, for me, there's a lot of those players there that I think would 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 make an impact immediately based on not only their talent um, and you know, from their apparent um, approach to things, and the Bears are no better than any any of us what their apparent approach to things are and their personality, but also the 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 the, the fact that they're all they're all needs as well. Do you know what I mean? So for me, like, there's a lot of different players there that I would be delighted with. If we came away with them, obviously there's the need there for a three technique. Obviously there's a need there for an offensive line. And so for, for all I've made the comment that I would be delighted with anybody, and I would, I think if it came down to it, I believe my philosophical approach to football is that you build from the trenches out. Um, and if you don't have an offensive line and you don't have a defensive line, you're probably not winning games. Okay. So for me, I pick either Paris Johnson Jr., Broderick Jones, or Jalen Carter there. Um, because, or you know, I know Tyree Wilson, you know, edge player, all that kind of thing, but I think we just need a big dominating guy up the middle. Well, Anderson's not going to be there, really. I don't think Tyree Wilson's no. going to be there. Probably De Devin Witherspoon's gone at that point as well. So really, it's going to boil down to the two offensive tackles and Jalen Carter for me. And it'll be interesting to see what happens if Carter falls. I would love to know what's going on in the mind of the Bears right now, and I would love to know what they found out by speaking to all these people. Even when you know, it, it's just it's fascinating to be honest with you. So yeah, that's where I'm at at the moment. I'm probably sticking by the trenches. Yeah, I, I for me personally, I found this. It's it's the you've just hit the nail on the head. I'd love to know. I'm sure everyone out there would love to know how those meetings with Carter went. Um, and not just with the Bears, with everybody else. It's it's the, the confidence to which his agent is saying, we're not talking to anyone outside the top 10. The confidence that that creates makes me think that they're very sure they've got they've got something sewn up, which is a dangerous game or confident. I don't know which one it is. But it's saying this. Let's say we did pick Jalen Carter. Now, let's take you back to the day that we made the first round draft trade. That would mean... We got DJ Moore, Jalen Carter, a second round this year, a first round next year, and a second year of the year, uh, second round in 2025. That would mean the Panthers would have to have the quarterback of all time to, to really come back on that. I think if that, that walks works out like that, I think that's sensational. But no one knows with Jalen Carter at the moment. In saying that, if we'd have had that conversation. Again, when the trade was made, 
I think that was before all the incidents happened, if I'm right. I think so. Maybe I'm if I'm wrong, maybe take a month back from that. People would have bit the hand off you and would have laughed at you if they'd have said Carter. Why? Because I think at that time, had the Bears been at one, they probably would have taken Jalen Carter. So that's why I think, personally, if Carter's on the board, they run up there and take the deal. After that, I think you're right. I think it is then a case of which one of the tackle, the top two tackles they like, would would they take? Would it be Paris Johnson Jr.? Would it be um would it be Broderick Jones? Also, I mentioned it a little bit earlier on, this right tackle, left tackle bullshit is exactly that for me. If you're telling me that Paris Johnson Jr. can't play right tackle, then I'm sorry. What the hell? Um yeah, oh, he that's, that's of course he can. Of course he can. Um and and look. There's a scenario where we may end up having, like, let's be honest, we could end up having a O-line of um, Paris Johnson Jr., even left tackle. You could then have uh, Kevin Jenkins, left guard. You would have either Cody Whiter or maybe someone like a Joe Tipman, who I really like in the second round. And then you're looking at Nate Davis, who I also rate. And then you have, you've got um, Braxton Jones as, as right tackle or swapping him around. And also, there's still guys that will be drop off and then we'll get a bit of experience in to, to work as swing tackles around that. And there's Jatir Carter, who I think there's people not talking a lot about as well. Look, my point is that it's going to be really interesting what the Bears do. It's going to be really interesting what the Bears what the Bears pick. Before we finish up, finish up today, because I wanted to see if we can get to an hour, so we're just over the hour. Before I go, lads, do you have any biting topics you want to bring up for a couple of minutes? Are you happy and comfortable and joyous in both Scotland and Ireland at the moment? Uh, no, for me, there's nothing in particular that's uh, that's grinding my gears at the moment, so to speak. So, no, I think I think uh, we're, we're just at a point now where we just need to sort of fast forward to to the draft day. And see, honestly, it's funny <laughs> you're you're saying that you're talking about that ideal scenario where we could get Carter. Could you imagine getting Carter at nine? After all that trading down, that is a Kevin Costner drafty scenario right there. By the way, we could make a movie out of this, and Ryan Poles will be the lead. Um, you know, if it worked out that way, it'd be fantastic. But yeah, let, let's just wait and see. I'm excited about the, the sort of run of shows we've got coming up um, over the next couple of weeks. To be honest with you, um, uh, I know we're going to have um, Larry Holly on, and Monday we're going to have um, the following week we're going to have Greg Gabriel on as well. Um, and we're going to do a little kind of GM show, which will be which will be an interesting one. And to be honest with you, that guy knows his shit. Um, so it'll be good getting the week of the draft, getting him on to discuss all that kind of stuff and get a real insight as to what's going on that week because that is going to be a huge one. So just wanted to um, to um, get that out there and um, give it a wee pop. Um, just before just before we go, I can't let this go without making a comment. Brusky Bear, I love the fact that, that you're on so much. You make some amazing comments. I think Carla Foss and I in the Bears trade down. Honestly, I think that's a bigger risk than actually trading for him at nine. If you trade down a character and Carter turns out to be what everyone says he's going to be, then that's what you're going to be remembered for as you missed out on him, especially the way the Bears play and how important the tree tech is. For me personally, if Carter's at nine, you have to take him. You just you just have to take him. And that's just my opinion. Maybe I'm completely wrong. Um like sorry, Tony. I just I couldn't not let that go. My my, Get out, my spidey, man. Get my out spidey, my spidey <laughs> senses were there. I just 
maybe it's I mean I can see you looking at the comment and I was like, Oh, I can see a vein popping out. Oh, little the little vein in the head. There's no there's no hat to butter it up. No, do you have any other topics other than the one I just ruined on poor Brosky Bear? No, no, just that that one there. The, as I say earlier, the Carter one is just fascinating to me. I don't know what's gonna happen there. I don't know. You, you like you're saying, jump on him if he's there at nine. I would have said that, you know, before now. I don't know. So I think that's fascinating. As we said, look, me, stay at nine. There's probably going to be a blue chipper somewhere in there. But no, the only, to be honest with you, Ant, all I'm looking forward to now is the draft. I just can't wait for it to get going and to see exactly how it all pans out. The only thing I will say is if folk haven't seen it, uh, watch the newest episode of uh, the Bears 1920, whatever it's called, um, where they do the back. Um, behind the scenes stuff on the, the trade yeah. for DJ Moore. Um, so yeah, always a good watch and it's good to get an insight into these, these sort of things. And um, yeah, so just wanted to point out. Do we think can they'll I, end up on hard knocks? Can I have a moan? Hopefully not. Can I have Hopefully a moan about that? Am I allowed to moan about knocks. that? No. Go for that. Like, 1920. Right, I'll have more of a hard knocks. You go first. Right, 1920 is boring, in my opinion. It's, it's, <laughs> It's just boring. They had such a great opportunity, in my opinion, to really go to town and make it make it fantastic for the fans. Because every I want I I went on live because I wanted to see what happened with DJ Moore, and you almost wanted to be in the room when the call was made. Not listen to the call, obviously, but make, give you the impression you were there. Instead, it was here's DJ Moore and. Like they didn't mention Edmonds at all. They just kind of the lads are walking in and out with their kids, and it just it it seemed to me to be just I just wanted I just wanted it to be better. And I was I'll be honest, I was very I'm not very disappointed. That makes it sound like I was crying, but I was disappointed with it because for a, for an organization the size of the Chicago Bears, I just feel and I've been this has been my bugbear for two years. I just feel they don't give. Their, the fans enough of an opportunity to jump on board and get positive because that was positive. Take the way that trade went about, the way that some of the free agents came in, they were positive stories. And instead, it was here they are, and here's Jeff Joniak talking to him for two seconds, and now we're going to go to something we think is cool. I just found it boring. That's just my opinion. Sorry. Fair enough. I mean, I, I like I like the behind the scenes stuff and 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 kind of what's going on and and all that kind of stuff. Again, it could be done better. Absolutely. I mean, what 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 can't be done better in this organization? You know, the list as long as you're Adam. But I just think it's an interesting insight into what's going on in uh, in general. But when you brought up um, hard knocks, there, I do not want the Bears any way part of hard knocks. Um, it's a distraction. There's too many cameras in the building. I'm just no interested in it. I just think we got on with our game. We got on with playing football and forget about the cameras. Um, it's not necessary. I, I I don't want everybody privy to things that's going on in the Bears. I just want that we concentrate without a distraction and go out there and, and, and make that next step. So hard knots can <clears throat> take a run and jump uh, as far as I'm concerned. Nice. Oh, very polite. Thought you were going to say something completely different. Right? Back to, that I was going, I was going, but I thought I'll rein it in. I'll rein it in. I'll get, I'll get proper sweary though if I actually, actually get picked for it. But we'll come back to it then. I'm, I'm with you. I, I also think it's the Jets all day long. It's the Jets all day long. Um, the, if Karen, when Karen, I don't know what's going on up there, which is even funnier. But when that eventually happens, then that's where they're going to go. I'd, I'd be stunned if it was anywhere else. Uh, 
lads, really appreciate your time. It's been great chatting to you as always. Um, Tony made a good point. We've got really great shows coming up. Let's please support the Irish Bear Show. Let's get let's get people watching. Let's tell your friends, your cousins, your aunties, your brothers, your sisters, all that kind of stuff. We get loads of really great comments. Make sure you like this show. Um, hit subscribe if you haven't subscribed. Why haven't you subscribed? Uh, hit subscribe if you want. Follow the lads because it's going to be fun. Because I'm telling you, in two weeks' time, you won't want to miss it when we're picking at nine and all of us are whatever time in the morning it is over here watching watching the draft. And then it gets to Saturday. And it's the marathon, Noel, isn't it? The marathon, what, 10, 12 hours of just seeing who the Bears pick at pick number 642. It's great crack. Uh, I've got it's three amazing how quick it goes, though, because when you're just sitting there talking football with a with a load of other people who love football, it really does. It, I mean, I've said it to people all, like, I, I do the show and it lasts X amount of hours. Like, geez, how do you sit there for that long? It doesn't feel that long, especially when the Bears are picking. And if you're happy with how they're, how they're picking, it just seems to fly through. So I, I can't wait for it. But I'll be getting a good bit of sleep in between now and then just to make sure I'm ready because I'm not as young as I used to be, you know? Oh, no, no, Probably no. can't see yeah. the gray hair, but it's, it's coming Look, out. let's not talk about hair. Why does it always go back to hair? Um, for me, yeah, I look forward to it immensely. It's uh, the one time my wife literally, yeah, look at you with your lovely, 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 lovely fantastically groomed Heavy shoulders are looking for a new guy, a sponsor. Tony, I like it. <laughs> um, so everyone, make sure you come over and follow us over there. Make sure you follow all the shows. Go back and watch some of the stuff. Go back and watch some of our draft show from last year if you want to get entertained and see what's coming down the road. Um, until then, as always, make sure you enjoy it. And remember, always, bear down. Bear down. Bear down. Bear down.